This is Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today, we're talking about how ease, one of our favorite things, doesn't always mean easy. Hey, Shannon, how are you? I am great. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm excited because this is episode 50. I think that's amazing. 50. That is amazing. Yeah. I'm so proud of us. Me too. I'm just, yeah, I'm glad that this has worked out so well and that we're enjoying ourselves and people are actually listening. Well, (laughs) okay, people are downloading anyway. (laughs) We assume they're listening. We hope they're not just, you know, downloading and not listening. Right. That seems sort of sad, but, you know, we can't know. That's right. Um, and I'm excited because we're going to do a special episode 52, which is, you know, sort of marking a year of podcasting. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's sort of funny that we had a hard time deciding what was a year, like what would constitute our year anniversary. Was right. it episode 52 or was it the date that we went live? And yeah, I think it was a long discussion. <laughs> <laughs> inappropriately long uh, perhaps <laughs> right but I think going with the episode I think we made a good choice because well first of all the anniversary date of our first episode wouldn't fall on a Thursday and always we always you know publish on Thursdays and right. you know 10 years from now when the episode when the um podcast when we're celebrating the podcast uh 10th anniversary um <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm going with that. It just it would it would we'd be like, why did we um, make episode 54 the one year anniversary or whatever right. it was? Because we top we we published three, I think it was three episodes the first week. Is that right? That's yeah, why it's so the confusing. Fir- the first week that we went live, we had three episodes we ready to go. Right. Because we knew that once people listened to one, they weren't going to be able to help themselves and would want to listen to another one. And it would have been just mean to have had only one. Right. For them. Yeah. Because <laughs> we really are thinking about other people. All the time. That's so clearly evidenced by this podcast where we talk about ourselves all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> Keep an eye out for episode 52, in which we will be discussing, I forgot. What are we a discussing? year of good enough. That's right. That's right. About how <laughs> living with this idea of good enough for a whole year, um, what impact it's had. Or, right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what we're doing. And in fact, if um, any of our listeners have something that they would like to share about how... Um, I mean, you may not have been with us for a year, but anything that has impacted you with living with those principles of good enough, we would love to hear it, and we would love to share it with our listeners. Yes, and we'll talk at the end of the podcast. Shannon will give all the info about how to reach us with that. 
Yes, absolutely. But for today, we are talking about how ease doesn't always mean easy. Right. That sounds kind of mysterious and interesting. Does it? I think it does. I hope others think that too. (laughs) Well, and when we, when we talked about this topic, um, I don't know if resistant is quite the word, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a natural idea to you because you are so embracing of the ideas of ease and, and making things be as easy as possible and, and all of that. Right. Oh, I wasn't resistant. I just couldn't like grasp it at first right till you explained it to me yeah so that's why it's I guess mysterious and interesting to me but maybe it's very obvious to everybody else I don't know yeah well so the idea of this is that um you know some things are difficult and and hard and regardless of what you do you can't make them easy but you can still bring ease to them I like that idea a lot. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think we want to debunk with this topic is the notion that, like, if something isn't hard, it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm, I'm all behind that. Yeah. But I think that sometimes, you know, when there is something hard that, that we might feel compelled to make it feel hard so that you know we get extra creditors i don't know you know extra bonus points for it being hard and our own only person giving out those bonus points is yourself right i mean right you're not doing it to impress somebody else probably no yeah although i do think there's like some um social or cultural i don't know norms around um things needing to be difficult mm-hmm. do you know what i mean oh like, yeah don't take the easy way out right. god forbid my yeah. dad just said that to me yesterday He was talked about somebody taking the easy way out and doing something that sounded really smart to me the thing that he did <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, so i just had to gently say you know i really am reject the idea that if something's easy it's not good right and he said you is that your organizing philosophy i said well yeah it is but it doesn't it's not just organizing it's funny that that came up just last night in our phone call interesting yeah yeah what what did i'm curious what did he think about that about what i said yeah like that idea did did that Uh, seem like something he could embrace or did he just think it was a bunch of hooey no my dad's he's such a nice guy and he's very respectful of my ideas so he um he took that in and he said, okay, yeah, and, and he didn't criticize me or argue with it. And um, actually, by the end of the conversation, he said, well, thank you for arguing with me about that. He actually said that. And oh. I said, I said, well, I really didn't feel like I was arguing, but you're welcome. <laughs> um, but I guess he enjoyed it that I gave him a little pushback on, on yeah. what he was saying, what the criticism he was giving this person that seemed <laughs> did not seem legit to me so right yeah but yeah take an easy way out um and then he said actually you know i come to realize that it really probably wasn't the easy way out i was just um reacting to this person 
who was headed, who was making policy for an organization that my father used to make policy for, doing things differently than I did it. Oh. I was like, that well, you're pretty enlightened, Jean. I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, that is. And well, and that, that sort of makes me think about with this topic, that idea that like, um, I wonder if part of it is that if someone doing it differently um, takes away, uh, not credit, but, but um, uh, it'd be really helpful if I could think of the word. Hmm. Um, but somehow... It invalidates his... Like, yeah, his, invalidates yeah. his, the way he did it. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. But I think with this topic, one of the reasons that I started thinking about this was when I was training for marathons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that training is definitely not easy, Mm -hmm. but there were a lot of ways that I could bring ease to it to make it as easy as possible. What's an example of a way to to bring ease into marathon training? Because marathon training sounds like outrageously horrible to me so I would um, decide my route ahead of time Mm -hmm. I would get all my clothes ready because I would usually go running in the morning Mm -hmm. particularly if I was training during the summer and so I would get everything ready the night before I would decide the route I would um you know, make sure that my running watch was charged. I would just have everything ready so I didn't have to make a bunch of decisions before I went out for my run. Oh, that makes so much sense. And also you eliminated some possible irritations, like your watch not being charged or just things that would make it more difficult. Right. it's, It's hard enough as it is. Right. I'm getting it now. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Oh, I like that. Um, so rather than being like me and saying, training for a marathon sounds horrible. I'm never doing it. You <laughs> <laughs> said, I want to run a marathon. How can I accomplish that with as much ease as possible? Right. That's great. And let's let people know that you ran the Boston Marathon. It wasn't your first marathon, but you qualified for and ran and completed the Boston Marathon, which is amazing. I did. And you want to know what's crazy? What? It was five years ago this week that I did that. Wow. That I ran the Boston and five Marathon. five years already. Yeah. Huh. Um, that is, yeah. Yep. So that's a great example. That's, to me, that's really a great example. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. and you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to ever want to do marathon training to embrace this principle though. <laughs> Good thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. So like when we were talking about it and I was trying to find something relatable in my life to it, um, the thing that popped into my head was uh, that I went to the dentist last week to get my teeth cleaned and was told, was given a referral to a periodontist <laughs> because I have a... Um, like a pocket but in the back molar because I'm old and <laughs> uh and so I'm thinking I've ha- I once had a procedure at a periodontist and it was not fun and I'm thinking how can I build ease into that because that's not going to be ple- I mean the initial appointment will right. be fine but I'm sure they'll have me do something on un- do want to do something unpleasant 
I, I don't even know, but um, right. How can I make it easy, e- as easy as possible for myself? Right. And so the things that right. popped into my head, and if you have other ideas, Shannon, please tell me, was to bring along my phone and earbuds and listen to some meditations while a procedure's going on, or I could take some rescue remedy, or I could promise myself a really great treat when it's over. Um, I think those are all fantastic ideas. Yeah. Um, and depending on uh, how, if this would seem helpful or not, you may want to have more information ahead of time about what's going to happen. Right. I like the way you said that. Because <laughs> for some people, they, having more information is not helpful. I think in right. my case, it would be, though. I mean, after yeah. I find out what it is I want to do, I'll, I'll research it. Right. And also, you know, that's a big cautionary. Um, that's a big caution against, you know, like madly Googling things. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I'm not going to Google it until after they tell me what they're going to do. Because I don't want to Google now and find out what the possibilities of things they might want to do to me are, right? Right. Without knowing right. what my problem is. Yeah. 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 Well, and you also may want to ask them for a resource as opposed to just looking on your own. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, because, you know, with the internets, the odds of you stumbling across something that you really didn't need to know are pretty high. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me, although it was a book, not the internet, years and years ago, my dog Kramer was like drooling and there was something else going on. And so I opened up this veterinary book I had because I was a dog writer. So I had this veterinary, this diagnostic manual. Uh-huh. And I said to Barry, I think he swallowed a poisonous toad. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have these kinds of toads here, but I was sure right. of it for a minute. this is like completely not related but i feel compelled to share it anyway i love the love it when you do that (laughs) well um it's related in you know seeing things that you wish you hadn't seen um uh i was talking with one of my kids about hairless animals and for some reason we were talking about there are these bears that i think are in romania or somewhere that are hairless oh my god can you imagine coming across a hairless bear in the forest okay you want to know what's worse than coming across you want to know what's worse than coming across a hairless bear in the forest what googling naked bear (laughs) (laughs) i oh dear I screamed and threw my phone at Mike and said, make it go away. (laughs) Because let me tell you, it was not hairless bears that came up. (laughs) Now I want, I kind of want to Google that, but I'm afraid. Yeah, you should be afraid. I mean, it was just really startling because I forget that you know, a a lot of people are using the internet for things other than what I use it for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, I think that those are some really great ways that you could bring some ease into something that isn't necessarily going to be easy. Right. 
And I don't know if you remember this, but I think one of the very, very, very earliest things I did with you after I got certified in NLP and hypnotherapy was around going to the dentist. Oh, yeah. I used to be really scared of the dentist. Yeah. And then you helped me. And now I go every six months like clockwork, which is why this pocket is so surprising. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, that's right. So that was so helpful. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's crazy to think how scared I was of something that doesn't scare me at all. Like, I'm not scared to go to the periodontist at all. I right. Just, I'm just not, I'm just not wanting an unpleasant experience, but I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. Part, part of living. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think, I think thinking about these things that you expect to be unpleasant or um, know are going to be difficult because, you know, we can't make everything easy um, mm -hmm. and thinking about how you can bring ease into it is super valuable. Yeah, because as much as I embrace easy and I have let it be easy as my motto, I would be remiss if I <laughs> if I never did anything that wasn't easy. <laughs> that right. would, I wouldn't grow probably. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. uh, but the idea that I can make it as full of ease as possible and, and still let it be difficult is, mm -hmm. is okay, is great actually. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how, um, and I think, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, that like for something to feel worthwhile for me, sometimes it needs to feel like a challenge. Like it needs mm -hmm. to be a little bit difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but that goes off the rails when we think it doesn't count unless it's difficult. Mm, right. And that's sort of, you know, the, that going the other direction with this concept of, of, you know, feeling like something needs to be hard for it to count. Right. That, that's the concept that I reject. Yeah. Right. Huh. I feel like my mind has been expanded a little of this topic and I appreciate that. Oh, good. So do you have ideas for people on, or me, on how uh, any particular techniques or ideas for ways to build ease into difficult things? Well, I think there are some sort of general ways to do it, and then it gets really specific to individuals. So, you know, some of the general things to do are, you know, it's always going to have more ease if you set yourself up in advance. So if you think through what you're going to need, what needs to be in place, um, uh, you know, what, um, what the steps are for you to be able to do this thing and do that in advance, mm -hmm. that's really helpful. That's going to bring ease to something that's going to be difficult. Um, you can also bring ease to something that's difficult through, you know, how you are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, like I'm trying to think of with the with the marathon training, 
it would have been much worse if I spent a lot of time thinking about like, this is going to be really hard and it's going to (laughs) suck. Right. But I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Like, Uh and so you feel like you have to like grit your way through it as opposed to, you know, I've made a decision that I'm going to try and do this thing and this is what I have to do to get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Your mindset about it. Yeah. The um, thing that crossed my mind when you were saying planning ahead to make things easier was moving, you know, moving house. Um, Oh, uh uh-huh. I was just meeting today with a friend who's moving and looking at her new place and talking about planning for some of the storage and so forth. And I was thinking, gosh, if you decided to move and didn't put any forethought into the process, just... Well, if you didn't put any, you'd be in real trouble. But you know, if all you th- if, th- if you thought all you had to do was call a mover, um, you're going to have a lot more difficult time than if you plan ahead for where things are going to go. For example, when right. when the boxes arrive at the destination. I think I probably told you the most difficult move I ever made was six inches. <laughs> oh right, six inches. I thought, removed, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. When I moved from one side of a duplex to the other side of the duplex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally to the, yeah, because you didn't feel like it was going to be a, a difficult move, and so you didn't And so I it. didn't do any planning. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and because it was essentially, you know, there were mere images of one another, it seemed like it was going to be super easy to, you know, well, I just take this stuff from this drawer and put it in this drawer over here. Mm-hmm. And, um somehow it was more complicated than that (laughs) somehow you still had to move all that stuff (laughs) right yeah right but so you know had I planned that and and you know no one's ever going to say moving is easy Mm -hmm. but you can bring as much ease to it you can make it as easy as possible Mm -hmm. yep exactly and and planning is one of those ways of doing it yeah it's a great example we move from one an apartment in the fifth floor of a building to an apartment in the eighth floor of the same building uh-huh. and same deal it was horrible just horrible because we didn't like nobody offered to help us we were young we didn't hire movers and right. nobody offered to help we thought we could do it all ourselves but yeah at so one you point, end up moving it like box by box by yourself yeah in the elevator three floors yeah <laughs> at one point i um cried <laughs> like oh. I, I dropped my end of the couch and somebody snapped at me and I cried. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I totally I, would have cried. Yeah, and I, it's the only time I've ever cried during a move. <laughs> I, I don't move very often, but um, but yeah, that's a great, I think moving's a good example of how pre-planning can build ease into it. Well, you can also hire a professional organizer to help you with your move and make it much easier. Absolutely. Find, you can find one at www.napo.net. Just putting it out there. But no, we do help make people's moves a lot easier. Right. Well, and that definitely counts as planning ahead. Yes. And hiring someone. Yep, absolutely. Um, But there, there, I'm trying to think of other situations where you can bring ease in, even though it won't necessarily be easy. And one of the things that comes to mind is... Um, allowing yourself plenty of time to mm-hmm. do something. 
because I think it's easy if you have a tendency to be late or procrastinate that to run late for something that you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And if you can set yourself up so that you have plenty of time that you don't feel rushed to go do this thing that you don't want to do, that that will bring some ease to a difficult thing. Yes, that's a great point. I'm reminded of, I met once with a professional organizer from Pittsburgh named Jill Yesko, and Jill said to me, I give myself the gift of being 15 minutes early to every appointment, and then I can, you know, check email and, you know, just get myself together before ringing the client's doorbell. I thought, wow, I was the opposite. I would, you know, try to get there exactly on time and stress out about if I were a couple minutes late. But building, I mean, and certainly working with a client is not a difficult thing that I'm dreading doing. So I realized that that example wasn't a good one because we (laughs) love going to our clients' (laughs) homes. But um, Let's just clarify that. Yeah. But building ease, building that buffer, I'm sure we've talked about that in previous episodes, um, is really a great way of putting, building ease into anything. Mm-hmm. giving yourself plenty of time yeah I think that's a really important one to remember mm-hmm. I'm reminded of um, something we've talked about which was the planning that I've done with my parents about their funerals and stuff and obituaries and all that stuff that made my mother's passing so much easier I mean obviously a very difficult yeah. time but, right. but because I knew, we knew, my dad and I knew her wishes, um, the many decisions that had to be made were easy. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's another example, I think, right, of this? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great example. I mean, and, and that's also an example of something that people, it would be very easy for people to avoid because it's not pleasant, mm-hmm. and yet it's only going to become less pleasant the less prepared you are for it exactly (laughs) right yeah yeah this is one thing that one difficult thing that doesn't ever get easier by not thinking about it that's what you just said i realized i just repeated you (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was rephrasing yeah but i did not (laughs) yeah Yeah, but, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking that, you know, this sort of phrase of like, well, you know, it's gonna suck, so why bother? Mm. And, you know, this is going to be awful, so, you know, why bother trying to make it any different when I think there are a lot of ways that you could bring some some ease into something um, so that it is less difficult. Mm Mm-hmm. Or at least you are not adding to the difficulty by being late or unprepared or, um, uh, you know, whatever else. Yes. Excellent. Well, I feel feel like I have benefited from this discussion personally. Me too. Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Did I sound surprised? I well, like I was surprised because I I didn't feel like I felt like I just was like a little sponge and learned a lot. And but you were the teacher, so <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be as beneficial for you. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought about the um, the time 
component as being such a big part of this. But as as we were talking about, I realized like, and that's a pretty easy one to manage. Mm -hmm. And, And that's a great way. And the difference between the feeling of like, you have plenty of time. And I was thinking about it in context of going to your appointment. And I could see like, if it were something that I was really not wanting to do, or I was uncertain about that, I could end up being late and then mm-hmm. I would just sort of feel behind the eight ball and you're like running in and you're not relaxed. And, and right. as opposed to if you get there early and, and um, like I had a physical therapy appointment yesterday and rather than sort of, you know, leaving it to the last minute to leave, I left early and um, brought my Kindle and read in the waiting room. Right. Yeah. Like on purpose. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, den- sometimes like dentists or doctors' offices don't, s- they smell antiseptic and you get this sort of, like it's a place you don't yeah. want to be. But um, right. I think the ease- I've also sat in my car and read. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that would do it too. Right. I was going to say the ease of being there in plenty of time would outweigh whatever unpleasantness um, the waiting room might have. But yeah, you can sit in your car. If, yeah. Yeah. So we would like to hear from you both about this and anything you would like to share with us about our first year of Good Enough. You can leave us a message at uh, 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. You can head over to our website at gettingtogoodenough.com and leave a comment on show notes or um, click through all of our uh, social media links are there and you can click through to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and chat with us in any of those places. We would love to hear from you. But for now, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. Well, that was easy. (laughs) You're not difficult at all. Right.